The parsha, parsha Vaychi, begins with Yaakov Avinu summoning Yosef and asking him in the humblest manner possible to perform an eternal kindness to bury him. I see that he's not buried in Mitzrayim and he's brought to Israel and buried in Marasam of Pela. And these are the words of the Pasuk. It's Vayer Meloi, Yaakov said to Yosef, Imna Matzasichem Beinecha. It's a very, it's, it's a real humble form of address. Imna, please, If I find favor in your eyes, it's like that's how Esther spoke to Achashverosh, right? That's how you speak to a king. Please do a chesed shalemes, right? A, a true chesed. Please don't bury me in Mitzrayim. And he bowed down to Yosef when he finished. So there are numerous things about this whole exchange that are very surprising, and Chazal learned many things, many things, from this exchange. And first, the great deference and respect that Yaakov Avinu shows to Yosef, although Yosef is his son, is because Yosef is a king. So Chazal said that's why he bowed down to him, which is extraordinary, right? Yaakov Avinu is his father, but he's bowing down to Yosef because Yosef was a king. And we learn from here, Chazal make a lesson out of this, and they say, we learn from here that when someone holds a position uh, that, that commands respect, it doesn't make a difference how much greater you are than that person, how much more elevated you are, more wise, older, your own son. It doesn't make a difference. You have to show respect and respect the person's position, respect the person that's in that position. And that's why Yaakov bowed down to his son. But besides bowing, he also showed such deference and such humility and such honor in the way he addressed Yosef. And this is a tremendous lesson, really, in showing proper respect to our own children. There is a level of respect and, and even asking humbly and, and not assuming any entitlement. Right? Yaakov Avinu was asking him to do something which the child is really obligated to do, to bury his father according to his wishes. But he was assuming that, he was not assuming any entitlement, he was asking a favor. Please do it. And, and you know, and it, it, it gives us a little bit of an insight of when we ask our children to do things. You know, there is a level where we have to be a parent and we have to be a mechanach them to listen. And there's also a level where we have to teach them respect. And I know the Torah school just had a speaker that spoke about this at length. And that's why when I was learning this, it actually hit me. <laughs> After hearing about that yesterday, it hit me that it's, you see it very, very much reflected in the beginning words of this parasha, the way Yaakov Avinu addresses his own son, and Chazal pointed out. Now, why did Yaakov Avinu insist on not being buried in Mitzrayim. So Rashi quotes three separate reasons from the Medrash. One, because the earth will turn into lice by Makas Kinim, and he didn't want to suffer in that way. Second is because by Tchiyas HaMesim, only bodies in Eretz Yisrael will have Tchiyas HaMesim. So the ones that are buried outside of Eretz Yisrael will have to roll to Eretz Yisrael, and then they be revived there. So he didn't want to go through that pain. And thirdly, he was concerned that the Mitzrayim will make him into an idol, and they'll worship his grave. So he didn't want that to happen. So that's why he asked to be buried in Eretz Three reasons, Rashi says. Now, the strange thing is about this is that why does any reason have to be given why he wants to be buried in Israel? Isn't it obvious? He wants to be buried in Marzim Achpelah, next to Avram and, and Yitzchak. Of course he's going to be buried in Eretz He has to give three reasons why I don't want to be buried in Mitzrayim. Uh, he, he, Rashi later in the parasha says that he paid top dollar for Te'esav to buy the portion in, in Israel, he literally gave him a pile of money. Literally. It says he piled up every single cent that he earned in Lavan's house, which was considerable. Every dollar that he earned in Chuslaras, he made a pile out of it, gave it to Esav and said, I get your portion in Mar Samachpel, and, and Esav agreed. So it was always his plan to be buried in Mar Samachpel, regardless of where he would live. So what was the big need to give explanation why I want to be buried, don't want to be buried in Mitzrayim? Obviously, I do want to be buried next to my parents in, uh, in, in, in the Mar Samachpel. 
So the Malbim says something which sheds some light, and it's just an, an important lesson for us to understand about ourselves and about the importance of Kvura. The, the Malbim says that, of course, Yaakov wanted to be buried in Maos That was, he said, though, for Yaakov's Neshama. And that, we don't know exactly what happens when a person passes away, but it's clear that a person's proximity to other tzaddikim, to other people, has an effect on his neshama, it's, so to speak. It elevates a person when he's in a holy place, and it, it's bad at worse for a person when, uh, when he's not in such a holy place. So the neshama is affected, and that's why Yaakovina most certainly wanted to be buried in Mara Samach Pela, it's a holy place, Avram, Yitzhak, Adam Rishon was there, that's why he wanted to be buried there, that was for his neshama. But what he was explaining to Yosef, about Mitzrayim, Al-Notik Brayim Mitzrayim, was something else. He was explaining to him why he doesn't want his body to be in Mitzrayim. Even forget the advantage to his neshama. There was something, even the body itself, he said he doesn't want it to be in Mitzrayim, because the body would suffer. How would the body suffer? It would suffer from Kinim. It would suffer because it would have to roll to get to Israel. It would suffer because the, the, the Egyptians would make his body into an idol, right? That his neshama is not affected by the Mitzrayim. They are serving his body. And the body had enormous importance to Yaakov Avinu. And what that teaches us, and is why Kal Yisrael has been historically and halakhically so makbid on giving proper respect to the body, and why it's such a big deal to convince someone not to cremate, and, 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 et cetera, and, and on all levels, is because our understanding is, is that our bodies are holy because we're Jewish. When a person is born a Jew, when a person becomes a Jew, his body automatically becomes holy. When you do mitzvahs, you, you purify and you make your body even holier, you elevate it further. Every avodah, every maizim, toivim that you do, every mitzvah is, it, it corresponds to a different part of your body and it elevates it and it makes it holy and it makes it pure and it makes it great. And ruchnius is forever. Ruchnius is nitzchius. Ruchnius doesn't decay. Ruchnius doesn't dissipate. Ruchnius doesn't disappear. So if our body became holy, then that remains forever and ever. So Yaakov Avinu's explanation to Yosef is explaining there is one thing, my neshama, I do need to be buried in Aras There's another thing, my body can't be here. It's too holy to be in Mitzrayim. It's going to be affected. My body lives on. My body is forever. Chazal say, based on a Pasuk in this week's parasha, that Yaakov Avinu loy makes. Yaakov Avinu never died. Now, we don't know exactly what that means, but essentially it means this. It means that Yaakov Avinu had achieved such a level of perfection and impurity that his body just simply didn't experience death it was it was so wholesome and so pure and so elevated that it, it, it was there was like no difference between the neshama and the body, so to speak. So there was just an appearance of death. But essentially, he, he continued to live. But this is our understanding for every Jew. Every Jew conti- his body continues to live to some level, and that's why tchias amesim is possible because it never died. It really just kind of went to sleep, so to speak, which is the language that psukim always use. And that's just a very powerful lesson for us for every mitzvah we do. What the, the kedusha our bodies have. And the Gemara Babasra says fascinating stories about this. Uh, the Gemara talks about the one Amira who went around marking the graves of all the tzaddikim who had died in Eretz Yisrael of previous generations of Tanoim. And it says that he caught a, someone practicing witchcraft who was trying to dig up the body of uh, a Tana, one of the Tanoim of the Mishnah. And the Tana, who was buried there, stretched out his hand and grabbed the beard of this witch and didn't allow him to move. And it was only when they had a whole conversation, not the witch, but the, the Amira who was there, had a whole conversation with this Tana who was dead, uh, and, and they convinced him to let go of this, this witch. So they, they, they were dead, so to speak, in some kind of level, they were dead, they were in Shemaim, they weren't doing mitzvahs anymore, they weren't living amongst us, but they were not, their bodies were not dead. Their bodies were functional. <laughs> and that is a level of tremendous tzaddikim. But even in our generation, 
we've seen the way Ruchnius can affect someone's body, and, and you know, there's different stories of different Gedolim, but this was just a friend of mine who uh, lived in Australia. He lost his father very young. I was in yeshiva with him. He had lost his father then, and uh, his father was buried in Australia, and then a few years later, they moved the body to Eretz Yisrael, and he said, when the body was moved, it was not decayed. It was full. And this is a, a regular person. Uh, clearly a holy person, but a regular person, and that's impossible. I mean, the body begins to decay. If you've done have a Chavra Kedisha, if the body's been there for a few days, it already starts decaying, even though it's in a freezer. You could already, it, it's, you know, the body decays immediately. So, it was Nisim, but for a Jew, this is not Nisim. This is why we're doing burial, because the body becomes holy through Tyra and through Maisim Tevim and through, through Avedis Hashem. Uh, to leave you one last thing, the Medrash says another fascinating thing, and more reasons why Yaakov Avinu insisted on not being buried in Mitzrayim. Um, and he said that the reason why I don't want to be buried in Mitzrayim is because that if I get buried in Mitzrayim, the, the Shvatim or their children, will say, well, Yaakov Avinu was buried in Mitzrayim. Clearly, it has some Kedusha, otherwise Yaakov Avinu would not be able to be buried here. And therefore, I can't be buried in Mitzrayim. And that's a fascinating outlook, because it's an outlook about Gullus. Yaakov Avinu could not allow his children to think that Mitzrayim was a place for a Jew. Mitzrayim was not a place for a Jew. And if he would let himself be buried there, they would say, okay, you know, we have to be here. Of course, it's temporary. Of course, we want to go to Eretz Yisrael. But for the time being, it's an okay place. Yaakov is buried here. There is some place for a Jew to be here. And that could not, he could not allow that to happen. And it's an important, it's not just Mitzrayim that's like that. Obviously, it's every place that is like that. A Jew has to understand that really there's no place for us in Chesalaretz. We have to be here now. We have no choice. But it's not that, okay, so while we're here, it's okay. No, it's not okay. Every moment that we're here is not okay. And Yaakov Avinu found that so important to, to insist, for that reason alone, that he's not buried in, in Mitzrayim, so as not to give the Shvatim a moment of thought that, okay, if Yaakov Avinu could be buried here, it can't be that bad. That's an also an important thing to think about in terms of our relationship with Gaulus. Have a, uh, a good night and a wonderful Shabbos.